Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey, and welcome back to the Chaos to Connected podcast. Today, I want to kind of take last week's episode a bit further and do a little bit of a part two, even though that wasn't the original plan. But if you didn't hear last week's episode, I chatted about two simple and effective tips that will help turn your bedtime routine into something that you're not dreading, but that you can actually enjoy with your kids. Because I know sometimes it's that time where we're like, okay, they need to go to bed. I need a break, (laughs) you know, and it can become a struggle. So if you haven't yet, go check out that one. But today I wanted to take it a little bit further, a little bit different direction because I have gotten questions just over the last few months, but also after last week's episode aired about how to kind of transition some sleep patterns. Is this okay? Do I need to do sleep training? We co-sleep. I don't know if that's best. All of those sorts of things. And so today I wanted to dive into that. And so the first question that I get asked a lot is about sleep training. Now, my opinion on sleep training is that I just personally don't do it. I know that there are people that consider themselves to do gentle sleep training. I have never looked into that, so I don't know what that exactly means. But I personally feel like kids don't need to be trained to eat, sleep, or go to the bathroom unless there is some other thing going on, some other diagnosis, some other cognitive challenge, things like that. If your child is kind of on the normal developmental route, then I think what is actually happening most often is society and, I mean, even pediatricians, people that are well-meaning, I think are giving this idea to us as mothers that our kids should be doing something differently. And I experienced this firsthand. If you listen to my birth stories, I shared about how when I went to the pediatrician at my oldest, who's now six, at his four-month appointment, she started talking to me about sleep training. I had not said anything about struggles with sleep. I was not complaining about anything. We weren't even talking about it. She just came up out of the blue and said, you know, now's a good time to try crying it out. (laughs) And if you listen to that episode, you know that that did not feel well to me. Um, I'm a researcher by nature. I didn't feel good about it just like in my own convictions and kind of how I felt like I wanted to do things. But because of the lack of confidence in my motherhood, I was like, well, I need research to prove that what I'm feeling is, quote unquote, the right thing to do. And when I looked into it, the research did not support what she was telling me. And so I think that it's something that you have to decide what you're willing to do and whether you really want to do it or whether you feel like society or some professional or friend or family member is speaking into, you need to be doing this, your child should be doing this, Um, or if it's truly something that you want to do, because I think we're really easily influenced and 
talked out of doing something because it is challenging. It is very hard to continuously wake up with your little one in the middle of the night, multiple times a night, being tired, and then having to go to a job or stay home with your kids and manage everything that comes with that. And I can totally relate because Huxton is three and almost three and a half. In about two months, he'll be three and a half. And he just started fully sleeping through the night, maybe like two months ago. So I get it. (laughs) I know it's challenging. And again, if that's something that you want to do, you do you. Um, I just personally felt like, you know, especially when they're babies and they can't say, I'm scared or this is hurting me or something. I just felt like I didn't want to ignore that because I... Again, like the whole point of this connection-focused parenting is that we are setting up routines and habits and patterns that are forming this um, theme across our parenting that is, you can come to me when you are bothered. You can come to me when you're upset. You can come to me when you're struggling, and I will listen and support you. Like That might mean that there are boundaries and things that have to be put in place, but I'm still going to be here here for you, opening, open, supporting you, even when it's challenging. And I think this goes for sleeping as well. When our little ones are really young and they're crying for us, they obviously might not be able to come to us, but we have that opportunity to start at those early ages saying, you can cry and I'm going to respond to you and I'm going to support you. Um, and so those are just my thoughts. You can take them for what they are. If you are finding something that is working for you, please don't change it based on what I'm sharing unless you feel called to do that. If it's not working for you, whatever you're doing, it's okay to change it. And you can still change it in a way that feels good, in a way that feels connecting and not like, okay, I'm all of a sudden like just distancing myself and ignoring you because I I think back to when I used to watch Super Nanny. (laughs) I kind of cringe thinking about some of the things that I've seen her teach parents um, because it's just goes against a lot of the things that I personally think is important for a child's brain in developing. But anyways, where, um, you know, she would have the parents like sit in the room a little bit away from the crib, but turn their back to the child. And that this was... I don't exactly remember what this was supposed to be teaching them, but recognizing, I I think sometimes we get really desperate for our kids to sleep. And again, I fully understand that, but I think what we need to do is take a step back, take a step out of, I'm so tired. I just want to sleep and think about the things that you're implementing And do you feel like those are the things that are right? If you put yourself in your child's shoes and someone was doing this to you, your parent was doing this to you, how would you feel about that? And so that's kind of where I come from everything, trying to step into my child's perspective to really see how would this feel for me and do I like that outcome? And the other thing that I want to share here too is that I think so often we're told don't rock our kids to sleep. Don't hold your baby to sleep. Like you are damaging their ability to fall asleep, to sleep well, all of that. And I just want to say, I could not disagree with that more. And here's a really great personal example. I have two children, a six and a three-year-old. My six-year-old sleeps very well. He used to take three-hour naps. 
he would sleep all night long and I rocked him or my husband rocked him to sleep every night until he was probably five and a half because we switched up our, we put our, both our boys into the same room. And so we no longer had a rocking chair in there. And so we couldn't rock him to sleep, but we literally rocked him to sleep every night, every nap for that time. Obviously if he was in daycare, he wasn't rocked. Um, but when he was home with us, he was, he sleeps or has slept way better than my youngest who, again, I know kids are different, but he, we used to rock him to sleep when he was little, but probably maybe like a year and a half to two, he just, I don't know. He just couldn't get quite comfortable. He would kind of want to, he would want to rock for a little bit and then he wanted to go in bed. It just like, it wasn't, it wasn't his thing. And he's the one that has been waking up, you know, two, three, four times a night until just recently. And so I just want to put your mind at ease that if you feel called to rock your child to sleep, if you want to hold your child to sleep, even if they're five years old, it's okay. You are not ruining them. I think in fact the opposite. You are providing that safe, connected space, which allows our kids to get into good sleep and um, emotional health and well-being because the more connected that they can be, the more that they're able to offload difficult feelings, the more that they're able to sleep. I mean, think about it for yourself. Can you sleep better when you're stressed or when you're feeling calm and connected? It's the same for our kids. So I just wanted to throw those things out there because I think they come up a lot when we talk about sleep. So all that being said, if you are like, okay, we're co-sleeping or my child goes to sleep, but then wakes up in the night and then we co-sleep, because we just want to go back to sleep or you feel like you're falling into patterns or habits or routines that you actually don't want to be in or that you feel like aren't serving you well. Maybe you used to like co-sleeping and now you're like, well, when we do that, like for us, if we set an alarm, you know, because my husband wakes up at four, four 30, depending on the day, like that, like waking up our child because of that. Like sometimes it just doesn't work out and that's okay. Even if, if you just don't want to do it, like it doesn't have to be for any particular reason aside from you just want to change it. Um, there are, like I said before, ways that you can do it in a connected way that can still feel really good and give you results. And so I wanted to give you just three simple tips to help you start to adjust routines that you are like, we need to kind of move away or we've gotten into this pattern and we we don't want to really do that. Um, so the first thing is, okay, maybe there's four. So the first thing is to figure out what it is that you are doing and what you want to move to. So are you currently laying in your child's bed or they're laying in your bed and you want them to sleep alone or fall asleep in their own bed without you in the bed. Like think about what it is you are right now and where your goal is. The second part is to explain what the new routine is going to be. So if you are currently, you know, for example, I got this question. Uh, Child goes to sleep pretty well at night pretty quickly wakes up in the middle of the night and then they are bringing the child into their bed 
just, I'm sure it just feels easier right in the middle of the night. You want to get back to sleep. Um, but wanting to move away from that. And so that would be step number one, recognizing you want to move away, explaining to the child. Now, even if the child is little, I mean, you're not going to go into this big, long (laughs) explanation, but you can still tell your child, you know, okay, when you wake up in the middle of the night, we're not going to come into my bed anymore. We're going to stay in your room and reminding your child of this multiple times. So like, say you wake up tomorrow and you decide we're going to start this new routine into this night. I would tell your child many times throughout the day and then before bed, because this is allowing your child the space to start to get used to what is going to happen. But also, if this triggers them in any way, if this makes them feel upset, you have the time and the space and probably more capacity to actually allow them to have those feelings versus you're right when you're going to bed and then you're trying to tell them this and then they're upset by it and then you're like, well, it's time to go to bed. Like We have to move this along and it just becomes stressful. So explaining to your child what this new routine is going to be like and explaining it multiple times. The third thing is expecting big feelings because they will probably happen. And if they don't, hey, all the better, right? Like you prepared and you didn't have to use what you prepared for. And then when they have the big feelings, utilize stay listening. Now, what I want to kind of... I don't know if warn's the best word, but before you are going to go into shifting any patterns of sleep or like habits around that, I want you to think about, are you ready as the parent to be consistent in this pattern? So for example, what I shared before, the family who, you know, child's going to bed, okay, wakes up in the middle of the night, co-sleeping, don't necessarily want to be doing that because of logistical things, um, are you going to be able to, when your child wakes up in the middle of the night and you go in there and say, you know, okay, we're going to stay in here. You're going to go back to sleep here. I'm going to be right here with you. If your child has big feelings in those moments, are you going to be able to hold firm and be consistent that there? Because when you're tired, obviously it's much more difficult. So before you kind of really get into these new routines and practices, make sure you are ready. Because if your child has lots of feelings about it, it might be a difficult few nights. And maybe not, but you want to be prepared going into it so that you can stay calm. Because the last thing that you want to do is go in there, tell them what's going to happen. They have big feelings about it. And then you have big feelings. And then it's just escalating in the middle of the night and it's not working out for anyone. And then you're like, okay, we're not doing this. And then you put the kibosh on it. And so anyway, make sure you're ready because it is difficult when you're tired. It is difficult when it's the middle of the night, but we have to kind of get in some consistent routines and habits. And then the last part is transitioning connection. And I think this is the most important part because if you are currently co-sleeping and you don't want to co-sleep anymore, maybe your child's getting older, maybe your child kicks you all night, you're not sleeping at all. For whatever the reason, 
say you are co-sleeping every night and you want your child to sleep in bed in their own room. So now obviously, I mean, you could, you could say, okay, you're not sleeping in our room anymore. You're going to sleep in your own bed. You could do that. Now that's going to take a lot more patience, uh, a lot more probably understanding, a lot more listening sessions, because that is a big transition. And if you want to rip the bandaid off and just do it, that's okay. Be prepared for big feelings. But it doesn't have to be this big transition. It's okay to do it slowly in uh, you know, slow progression, still using, using connection. So that's something that you can decide how you feel about doing that. But I wanted to give you just a couple examples because um, especially if you're like, well, I don't know if I can do this in the night because I'm so tired and blah, blah, blah then you might want to think more about a slower progression versus just ripping the band-aid. And so one of the examples is with my own child. So when Huxton was, you know, one and a half or maybe two, one and a half, we switched him actually to a toddler bed, which when we did that with my older son, it did not go well. He was like two and a half. And I just thought, I don't know why. I don't know why we do this, but even even me, even I fall to this sometimes as we think like, oh, he's supposed to be in a toddler bed by now. And so he wasn't, he never, ever tried to get out of his crib. He loved sleeping in his crib. No problems. But I was like, well, he's two and a half. He should be in a toddler bed. And we transitioned him into this toddler bed and it was terrible. He would not go to sleep because he did not have the impulse control or the understanding to stay in bed. And he wanted that connection. There was no boundaries. Um, He really liked and still does like that deep input, likes being in close, kind of like real distinct boundaries, which the crib provides and the toddler bed doesn't. And so he would get out of bed. (laughs) He probably didn't go to sleep until like 10 o'clock at night. And he would wake up at the crack of dawn, like 5 a.m. And so finally, I was just like, do you just want to go back in your crib? And we put the crib back and he stayed in there um, literally until we needed the crib for Huxton. (laughs) Um, And so there's nothing wrong with that. But anyways, Huxton was a different story. He, maybe it's because we transitioned him earlier. I don't know. But he went into a toddler bed before he was two. And he liked it. He he enjoyed it. Um, he had no problem with it. And so we used to rock him to sleep and then put him in bed, you know, all through from baby through one, one and a half. And then he kind of got to the place where he didn't quite feel comfortable. Like he just, you know, he's one of those kids that sometimes they just need a little bit more space to move around or get comfortable. And so then we got into the pattern of me laying in his bed with him and then he would fall asleep and I would crawl out. Now at a certain point, obviously a toddler bed is very small and we just didn't fit well. He like, you know, for him to move around and he really wanted me to be in bed. And so I just had to, this is kind of what I went through. I realized, okay, I'm not going to lay in the bed but what can I do for him to feel like connected to me? Like I'm still here with him. And so I told him, you know, tonight I'm not going to lay in bed with you, but I will sit outside of your bed. I can hold your hand if you want, and I will stay here until you fall asleep. And then I would also say something like, if you wake up and you need me, just call for me and I will come in here. 
and just reassuring him that if he needed something, he could call for me and I would come. And then when he did call for me and I came, it's reinforcing that like, I'm here, you're safe here, that sort of thing. And so the first couple times he really wanted me to lay in bed and I just held that firm limit. I'm not going to lay in bed, but I'm going to sit right here. If you want, I can hold your hand. Went through that process, listened to him. And then we transitioned to holding hands. So then it got to the point where I was holding his hand the whole time until he fell asleep and then kind of trying to like sneak my fingers out of his hand, which a lot of times would end up waking him up and it felt like it was making this process take longer. So then we transitioned to, okay, I'm going to hold your hand for a couple minutes and then I'm going to lay right here next to your bed and I will stay here until you fall asleep. And so at that point, then I would hold his hand for a little bit let go. I would stay in the bed. So we kind of, or stay next to his bed. So we just slowly transitioned. He has always been a child. Like there were times when even more recently where I was like, is there something wrong with him? Like, why does he wake up so much in the night? And I think he just really, 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 really craves connection, especially with me. Even though I'm with him all day, he just woke up and just needed me. And, um, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He's only three, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's really little. And I know sometimes it can be more difficult for certain people or you, you don't want to do that and that's totally fine. But for me, like looking back now, I just think he just really wanted me to be by him. Maybe he felt scared and didn't know how to say that. So we just slowly progressed from being in the bed to being on the floor holding hands till he fell asleep to just holding hands for a little bit. So he got that little bit of extra connection before he fell asleep. But then, you know, transitioning to like, I'm not going to hold your hand until you fall asleep because it was waking him. Now, if you're holding your hands, your child's hand and you're not waking them, like it's fine to continue doing that. I, I think the point of this is that connection is necessary. It is not bad. And if it's working for you, keep doing it. You're not creating bad habits. If it's not working for you, you can still do things connected, but change them. So here's an example of one of my clients that I worked with. They, he's an older child. Um, he, they were co-sleeping, but it was because he was afraid to be in his own room. And so instead of going from co-sleeping to like be in your own room (laughs) where you're scared and you don't feel safe, we slowly transition to, okay, instead of like laying next to him and having to, like he had to touch the parent while he was falling asleep, now just sit on the outside of the bed, you know, kind of like I was saying I did with Huxton. And then we slowly moved still in the room, but not right next to the bed. And eventually as we worked on progressing this form of connection, plus the stay listening. That is key. Our kids can't just transition. We have to be able to allow them to have emotions and big feelings that are coming up for them, whether it's directly related to sleep or it's coming out at sleep because sleep is a disconnecting time. We, When we're asleep, we are separated essentially. We're not really actively connecting. And so kids recognize that. So if there are other things that are bothering them, 
this like transition to bed can become a catalyst. And so using stay listening is also very important to combine with the transition in like how you're connecting. But eventually, by the time we were done with our six-week program, like coaching, um, one-on-one coaching program, he had actually asked if he could move to the room next to his parents versus his room downstairs because that was still scary. But actually, it was his idea. And I think that just goes to show you that when your child is really connected and you're supporting them in ways that work for you and your child, it works. <laughs> we don't have to go to these extreme measures like people will tell us, like professionals, like, you know, um, maybe your doctor, like society in general wants to tell us our kids need to be independent. And that's just not, it's just not true. Our kids are, they need that dependence on us. They're little, they still need that. And once they feel safe and confident and comfortable and connected and secure, then they will be able to blossom and transition in different ways that maybe we weren't even expecting them to do. And so my encouragement to you is to think about, really truly think about, do I want to change this because it's really not working for us or because someone has spoken into us saying that this isn't like what we should be doing or our child is never going to sleep good because we're doing this and lean into what feels good to you as a parent and not what everybody else is telling you and then make adjustments as needed and doing them in a connected way because this is where you're going to see actual true lasting transformation that is consistent and it's also setting up that foundation like I was sharing before of your child recognizing that when they are uncomfortable, when there is an issue, when there's a problem, when they're stressed, they can come to you, whether it's something that happened at school or daycare, or there's something that happened with a sibling, or it's related to bed. They feel that safety in coming to you, and then you use these connections tools to transition it however you feel like is going to work best for you and your family Um, while also still keeping that strong connection flowing between you and your child because that's where you're going to see the true transformation because those are foundational necessities. That's just that. Our central nervous system needs connection and without it, it cannot perform a lot of the other tasks. So our central nervous system, our brain, is created in the form of a pyramid. And when we don't have the bottom layer organized and regulated and connected, we can't move up to higher level skills as effectively or efficiently or as well. And so with that, I hope that was helpful. If you have more specific questions on how this could look for your family and you're like, I really want things to change, but this feels overwhelming and I just don't really know, I would encourage you to go to the show notes and fill out the inquiry form for my 30-day coaching program. It is, I really, really like, I I do have a full-on three-month program if that's something that you feel you're interested in, but I love the 30-day option because it is so transformative, it's so effective, but it also really factors in the time that you have 
Um, We don't have to jump on a call every single week. It is based in Voxer, which is like an instant voice messaging app. And so I can really hear what's going on and speak into those moments in the trenches. Here's what you can try next um, versus waiting a whole week. And it's, it's more cost effective. And I just think it's, it's really suited for in, in the trenches, motherhood, busy schedules, all of that. And so if that's something you're interested in or even have more questions on, feel free to DM me, um, email me, or just go and fill out that inquiry form. And I would love to connect with you. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at Kaylee Josire, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.